study is going to be found going to be found in Mark chapter nine, verse twenty four. We centered around Mark twenty Mark nine, just verse twenty four, and it says, "Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief.' Again, Mark nine twenty four says, immediately Immediately, the boy's father says, I do believe, help me un- overcome my unbelief. So we're going to talk um, from the topic of dealing with doubt, dealing with doubt. Um, we are in a time of faith. We are in a time where we are truly living in a moment where our faith is needed. Our faith is being stretched out. We're living in a time where. Um, as you look at gas prices, as you look at the news, war, that our faith is being challenged. And what would allow us to continue to manage and for us to continue to persevere and to do what we have to do is having a level of faith. Because if you don't have that level of faith, it will it may it will cause you to falter. So in this text. It's a really, really, really dope text, really dope story. So this man came to Jesus. He said, basically, my son has a demon on him. And the demon has caused him to become mute, caused him to become deaf. And he said, Christ, I need you to help heal my son. And he said something that's really, really important and really, really poignant in verse 24. He says, um, Christ says in verse 23, because of your faith, with faith, if you believe, all things are possible. And I don't, and, you know, to kind of, circle back to what we've been talking about in order for us to to see god move in order for us to see um to get through life we need faith the word of god says to just walk by faith that means our day-to-day life our you know what we're going through is by faith because what we see goes contrary to what we want to do if we if we look at ourselves look at what we see it's like yo hey stop Go back home, forget church, you know, have fun. The world about to blow up. But you understand what the your faith says that God says, listen, this has to happen. But the one that believes Christ is going to be the one that, that wins. So ultimately, we um, we have to understand that, that that faith is and belief is a very, very important component in the life of a unbeliever. I'm sorry, a, a believer. So we got to make sure that we have that in any son, daughter, child of God, we need a level of faith in order for us to continue and to be able to navigate and to get through this. So this man comes to Christ. He had enough belief. He's heard of the miracles of Christ. He's heard, he's seen what Christ has done. And because of that, he had enough belief to say, Christ, listen, if anybody can do something for my for my son, it's going to be you. I don't know how, how many of you guys have been in that situation where you say, God, I've tried everything. I've tried to everyone. No one has got time for me. No one has been successful. And if anybody is going to help my family, if anyone's going to heal my mother, if anyone's going to heal me, it's going to be you. God, you're my first, last, and only resort. I, you know, I have nowhere else to turn. God, it is you. So the man came and said, listen, I've heard about you, Christ, and I know doctors can't do anything. I can't do anything, but I have the faith of coming to you, Christ, and knowing that you have the ability to help my child. You have the ability to turn things around. 
And like I said, we have often been in that situation. I've been in that situation where I said, God, listen, I ain't got nobody but you. I have nowhere else to turn but you. And some of you are watching right now. You are in that situation where you're at the end of your rope. You're desperate. You're thirsty. You're, you're, you're out of luck. And you said, God, I'm, I'm turning to the, I'm tuning to this, this Bible study with the hope that you can speak to my situation. I, I came to church last Sunday with no other hope or peace. So that, that can be us. That, that's a real situation where he said, Christ, listen, I need you to do something for my kid. And then in verse 23, when Christ said all things are possible, he responded to him, which is very, very honest and very, very real. And a place where some of us are at currently says, listen, I believe, but please help my unbelief. That doesn't make any sense. He, he just, in the opening part of the statement, he said, I believe. But he also mentioned that there's a level of unbelief that is trying to creep in. And that is, is doubt. That is the, 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 um, the often byproduct of, of our experiences where we have doubt and, and doubt is a, a real and, 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 um, a natural thing for many people that you have so much bad news. You have so much negativity that you begin to, to have a level of doubt. And this doubt is not simply come where, you know what? Um, I hate God or I stop going to church. You're still functioning, but you have doubt like this man of God who came to Christ. He said, Christ, I'm coming to you with a level of faith, faith. I'm coming to you with a level of belief. However, I I must also, I also need you to address my level of doubt. So, so belief and unbelief, they are, they grow in the same garden. We often think, and we often teach as pastors, as preachers, evangelists, that, that if you have belief, you can't have unbelief. It's either or. But what we're seeing in this text is that this man of God has belief and unbelief. He believed in Christ enough to come to him, but there's still a little bit of doubt that still is deep down inside. I believe in you, God, to come to church every Sunday. I believe in you, God, to come to the prayer line on, on Wednesday. I believe in you, God, to log on to this Bible study right now. But deep down inside, there's a level of unbelief. So I want you to understand that belief does not mean the lack of doubt. Belief does not mean the lack of doubt. It is possible to be faith-filled. It is possible to believe in God, but also to have a level of doubt that wants to creep in. You come to church, you know your Psalms, you sing, you know the Shunnish Spirits, you know all that. However, part of you is sitting here and saying, God, are you really going to do this? Or better yet, you say, God, I know you can do this faith. But he said, God, will you do this for me? I know you can heal the sick. But are you going to allow my mom to die? God, I know you have all power. But God, are you, are you really going to let me get this job? So it's possible for you to have a level of belief 
and doubt at the same time. Like I said, belief and doubt often grow in the same garden. Like our lives are like gardens, right? I always, I always use that analogy. Our lives are gardens and there's different things they plant, different words that are planted. And at the end of the day, certain fruits come forth like fear, hope, love based on what's planted. This is the reason why the word of God calls words seeds. And these seeds are planted in your garden. This is why you got to be very responsible about the words that come out of your mouth. Because what happens is the words you speak plant seeds. They often plant seeds in your garden. So sometimes some of the things that you're experiencing and you're saying the devil, no, it's just the fruit of the thing that you have spoken over your life. You want to talk bad about people, you're planting seeds. So now later on in life, that same word that you spoke out, it is growing, is is, is producing fruit in your life in some other um, department. So be careful of the words that you speak over your mouth. Be careful of how you speak over your children. Be careful how you speak about people. Why are we always talking negative? Why are we, are we always thinking negative? Learn how to speak positive around people. So, so at the end of the day, we have to acknowledge the fact that doubt and belief or doubt and faith often grow in the same garden. You do not you you do not live on this earth if not even a, le- a, a a a morsel a bit of doubt tends to creep in. That sometimes as you go through life and you see things and you get bad news, you're applying for jobs, rejection, rejection, rejection. You apply for nursing programs, rejection, rejection, rejection. You've taken your NCLEX 12 times and you failed every single time and you get to a level of doubt and the doubt it, it comes in. You know how it comes in? It don't come in saying, God, you can't do it. You say, oh, well, maybe I'm not meant to be a nurse. Maybe I'm, I'm, maybe God's calling me to full-time ministry and I'm, 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 I am meant to have a job. So what we do, we rationalize our doubt and the rationalization and it makes sense. It makes sense for us to sit here and say, maybe, you know, not everybody's meant to be happy. So, you know what? I'll probably be single my entire life. Um, not everybody's meant to have children. So, you know what? I'm going to stop praying for kids. You know, not, not everybody's that lucky or that fortunate. This is my cross to carry. You know, Paul was single. So maybe I was called to be single. And sometimes that doubt makes sense. And what we do, we allow ourselves to sit in that place of doubt and we feed it. Again, with the garden analogy, if you keep feeding it, if you keep, um, you know, putting water to it, it is going to grow. And sometimes what we do, we feed our doubts, we feed our fear and not feed our faith. We feed our doubts, we feed our fear, but not feed our hope. This is why this is why it's important to have the right people around you. This is something a good friend of mine, Herman Dolce, preaches. Has T-shirts for it, literally, and it's one of the most important things I want you to understand. You have to audit your circle. You have to make sure the people around you are the right people. You need people in your life who are speaking positive words over you. You need people in your life uh, when you're at your lowest moment. They're able to encourage you. Like, yo, nah, listen, get up out that bed. Go, t- go take a bath. Let's get out this house. Let's begin to pray. I'm fasting with you. 
I'm believing with you. I'm encouraging you. I'm going to help you fill out application. You need to get people who are willing to believe and feed your faith. Too often our problem is that we surround ourselves with people that feed our fears. We often surround ourselves uh, with people that feed the thing, the very thing we are trying to get away from. And and you wonder why there's a lack of growth. Uh, you wonder why there's no progress. Uh, you wonder why you don't go forward. It's because what we constantly do is surround ourselves uh, with people who are constantly feeding the thing that God is saying for you not to do. The people who are feeding our fear, feeding our doubts. And you wonder why doubt is so great in your life. You wonder why you always, why you're such a pessimist. You wonder why you think such negative things because what we do, we feed ourselves. We surround ourselves with people that are consistently feeding up our, our fears and feeding our doubt and feeding our unbelief. But I need people in my life. Even when I don't believe they believe when I'm sitting at a place saying, you know what? It's not going to happen. Say no, Ron, it is going to happen. Happened. Uh, you're going to make it. You're going to buy a house. Uh, your church is going to grow. You're, you are blessed. Your family are blessed. You have to surround yourselves with people who are constantly at a place of encouraging you and feeding your faith. Let's read the word of God. They could quote scriptures. They could have positive quotes. Uh, they are encouraging you, but sometimes you love to surround those people that, that, um, that, uh, feed into what you what you want. Like we answer shop. So I believe that I will never get married. This is what I believe, right? This is my doubt. This is my lack of faith. This is my unbelief. So what I do is I constantly surround my. I I constantly ask around to people that support the fact that I won't get married. If you come to pastor around, pastor around said no. God gives you. The desires of your heart. God can open the door for you. God said, God's going to find the right person for you. You need to be patient. You need to have faith. God can do all these things for you. You're like, nah, Pastor Ron don't know what he's talking about. But you go to Joe and Joe's like, yeah, you know what? It's okay. Just, you know, keep sleeping around. Just do you have fun. Not everybody's meant to be married. God knows you have needs. God knows this. God knows that. You're like, yes, that's my friend. Pastor Ron's a hater. Pastor Ron is, is naive. This is a person that I, I want to be around. So what you do is you find people that feed your dysfunction and anyone that challenges you challenges you to have hope to walk in faith and to think higher you dismiss so don't answer shop surround yourself with people that will speak life into your situation Though we cannot speak things into existence, but the, the words that we speak have power. So if you're saying, if, if I'm down and out and I have doubt, but you're saying, yo, let's, let's get to this point. You're going to make it. That's going to encourage me, encourage me. Or better yet, we see the story in the Bible where the person was paralyzed and he, he or she could not walk. So what these people did, they said, listen, you don't have faith for it, but I got faith for it. We have faith for it. And we're, we're going to get you to the feet of Christ. I need those people in my life. Not those that feed my dysfunction. Not those that feed my doubt. Not those that feed my unbelief. He says, listen, Lord God, I believe that you can do. But right now, I feel a level of unbelief. 
My belief said, Christ, I'm going to come to you and ask you for help. But honestly, I feel a little bit of doubt coming in. And and what happens is, this is a danger. Also, another reason thing we have to do, point number two is audit your circle. Point number three is be careful of what you're ingesting. Be careful of what you take. And this is why social media, media like TV shows, music, these things are crucial. Because what we tend to do when we're depressed and we're down and we say, oh, man, I'm not going to become a nurse. We step and we go on YouTube and say, OK, let's look up um, jobs for those that like nursing but can't be a nurse. And, and you ingest all this kind of media and intake and spiritual food. That's a, 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 that will ultimately cause you to go to a path that you're not supposed to go to. If God said you're going to be a nurse, I don't care if I failed the NCLEX exam 67 times, I'm going to be a nurse. It's just not my time. So I'm not going to rationalize and find YouTube pages and find um, social media uh, pages, uh, Facebook groups for those who, oh, I'm a, I just joined a group, those who can't pass the NCLEX. So I sit there and, and that's my group. And you constantly fitting yourself with, with, with that negative material. That negative information. You feed yourself, feed yourself, feed yourself. And you get to that point where there's a lack of growth. And you wonder why there's a level of unbelief. You wonder why that your hope is beginning to dwindle. And your doubt is beginning to increase. You wonder why? You wonder why that you you say, you know, I'm I'm probably I'm gonna I'm not gonna apply for that program. I'm not gonna sign up for that to that test. So you know, I just you know what? I just, I just don't feel like it. Why? Because of what you're ingesting, what you're taking in. And most of us spend sixty percent of our waking moment on some social media site. We're we're on the toilet on social media. I lunch a break we're on social media. You're, you're at work by your desk. Your phone's right next to you on social media. Certain group chats are not for you. If your group chat is all negativity and there's no there's no uh, positive vibes, no encouragement, no pushing, no no love, and that's not a chat for you. Because as you because what they're gonna do, they're not gonna help you with your unbelief. They're gonna help, they're gonna encourage and push your unbelief to grow higher. So we have to deal with doubt. And the level of doubt that we have, we have to acknowledge it. That's what he did right there. First, you gotta acknowledge it. Point number four, acknowledge your doubt. Don't try to ignore it. You're not a sinner. You're not a, a, a demon-filled person because you have doubt. You can still come to Christ and still have a level of doubt. You have to acknowledge it. And ultimately, you have to give it to Christ. Because what he did with it, at the end of the day, he said, Christ, help me with it. He didn't ignore it. He didn't get all googly-eyed in the presence of God and forgot he had doubt. He said, God, I'm coming to you with a level of, of, of faith and also a level of doubt. And Christ, I need you to help me with it. Because though the belief and faith is winning right now, but, but behind me I see doubt. 
Do I have faith for you for you right now, God? I have one more bad result, one more bad word, and God, I am about to quit. I, I, I feel it's coming. I feel it heavy on me, God. Please help me with it. I feel he was saying, Christ, I believe that you can do, but just in case you don't do it, I feel my unbelief is so heavy that I can't handle that. If if and if you can't handle bad news, say, you know, raise your hand, say that this is me. If you're at a point, say, God, I can't take no more bad test result. I can't fail no more exams. I can't, I can't be on probation no more. I can't get no more um bad calls. I can get I can get no more bad doc I doctor visits. If that's you say this is me uh, because that's me right now. I say, God, I, all I hear is bad news, is bad and negative. Uh, if it's not on the news, it's my personal life. I'm constantly hearing something negative. Uh, if you're at that point, say, God, I believe. Uh, I am here. I know you're God. I have faith and I trust you. But, God, I am one bad news away. I am one rejection away for, uh, from saying, you know what? My doubt is winning. Uh, discouragement is winning. Uh, so you have to, the way you deal with with doubt is first acknowledge it and secondly bring it to God. Bring it to God. Because after you get to a point where you audit your circle and you manage your consumption with what you ingest, the doubt may still exist. And what you didn't have to do is bring it to God. Because some of us were just one text away. From being done. We're not going to be doubting them. We'll be done. From doubt to done. And that's us. So I encourage you. To deal with your doubt. I encourage you to acknowledge it. And then realize. Yo it's real. And say yo. I need to deal with this. Because many of us are going through it. And we're afraid to admit it. We feel like we're bad people. For having doubt. We, we are taught that we're heathens. We're bad Christians for having doubt. But it's possible to come to God and still have doubt. We're human. Like, don't apologize for being human. Give it to God. That doubt that you're carrying, that you're hiding, that you're ashamed of, do it like the man and give it to God. Say, God, help me with it. Because it's real. And the reason why some of our doubt is growing, our unbelief is growing, is because we ignore it. And what you ignore does not go away. <laughs> what you ignore does not uh, become invisible. <laughs> it stays there. So I challenge you and I encourage you and I pray that you are blessed in dealing with your doubt. Because God knows it's there. But he wants you to bring it to him and he'll take care of it. And God will turn that doubt into faith.